Couch Talk. Hello and uh, welcome to Couch Talk. We have Mahesh Shethraman and uh, Sriram Dayanand on the show today to talk about watching cricket in the grounds of India and UK and how they compare to each other. Mahesh blogs at uh, cornet.posterist.com and Sriram at uh, sriramdayanand.wordpress.com. Welcome to the show, Mahesh and uh, Sriram. Thanks, Mahesh. Thanks. Pleasure. Um, you have watched test matches and ODIs in India at different stadiums, and now you have watched test cricket at Lords and Trent Bridge in uh, Sriram's case, and in Mahesh, uh, you watched it at Trent Bridge and Edgbaston. How do the experiences compare? Uh, let's start with you, Sriram. When was the last time you saw test cricket or ODIs in India? Now that you live in Canada, and how does it compare? It's been a while for me. Uh, watching a, a test match in India, especially. I mean, for the last two decades, I mean, I've been away from India. So, most of my test watching uh, for the last 20 years has been on TV. So, they are different. I mean, they're both wonderful experiences, but uh, quite different because just the nature of the stadiums. Uh, so, I mean, I loved watching cricket in India and watching cricket in England was, I mean, it was special. I mean, of course, I mean, given that it was Lords and Trent Bridge, I mean, these are stadiums you literally dreamt about all your life. So, finally to get a chance to watch cricket there, I mean, I just loved it. I mean, loved it apart from the cricket. <laughs> hey, Mahesh, uh, what are the grounds that you've seen in India and uh, how does it compare to Trent Bridge and Edgbaston? I mean, I've seen, I've seen a fair bit in uh, India. I mean, I've seen Irani Trophy, Ranji Trophy, Test Cricket, One Day Cricket, T20. Almost everything that happens in a place that I live, I've seen matches in Chennai, Hyderabad, uh, Bangalore, or Bombay for that matter. Uh, I mean, I have a very sort of uh, special place for Chennai as a stadium. I think uh, I saw my first test there, and it was a very special test, 2001, India-Australia. And I love, uh, love being part of the D-Strand culture. I think D-Strand is a cult of its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I mean, I can't really compare the two because those are, uh, I mean, these are very different experiences watching in India, the kind of atmosphere you have, the kind of people that you watch with, the noise. I mean, it's just a very different experience. I mean, people talk about match fitness for players. In India, to watch cricket, you need, you know, a spectator fitness. You need to be prepared. You need to have the right accessories. You have to go with the newspaper to clean the chairs mm-hmm. because the last time anybody here would have cleaned the chair was probably the last time someone would have sat there for a match. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, purely from uh, uh, getting a fair deal as a spectator sense, England was far superior. Also, it was very intimate. Like, you go to Trent Bridge, sometimes I felt like I was a fine-leg fielder myself. I mean, I could so easily sort of, you know, call on Ishant and give him an advice. It was so close. Sometimes it was too hard to believe. In India, it's like almost, I mean, a fair bit of distance and you have the fencing and you have the security police. You can't even get anywhere close to the players. So in that sense, it was a very intimate experience. And as a paying spectator, it was a very, very fair deal. You know, good uh, sort of like space, comfortable atmosphere. You're not allowed to barge into the ground whenever you want. You're stopped in the entrance if you're in the middle of the over. So I'm saying you're respected as a spectator. In that sense, I prefer England. But overall in the atmosphere, just just being uh, part of it, I think India is probably better. So, so Mahesh, you, you have seen a lot of the cricket in the last uh, what, 10 years. So, and we have heard a lot of noise from the average person that pays through the nose sometimes um, to get the tickets in India that 
you know, the basic amenities uh, in terms of, you know, there was once an article where even uh, the journalists were prevented from having water during a test match. Um, so, you know, you can't take in your cameras, you can't take in a bag, you can't carry in your sandwiches, etc. in India, whereas you could do all that in England. Um, so that fan experience of watching it in a stadium in India, like, how bad or good is it? No, that's what I'm saying. No, purely from what, let's say, TNCA or uh, the Karnataka State Cricket Association give me uh, as a spectator, that experience is not great. Whatever uh, uh, sort of happiness or experience, the good experience that I have, is because of my uh, other spectators in the stadium who create the atmosphere. I think purely from that uh, experience or from that perspective, India is a great experience. But as a spectator, what I get for the money that I pay for the ticket, I mean, it's, it's really not a fair deal. You don't have functional toilets to begin with. And if you want to buy a Coke or Pepsi, you don't get that. It's something, uh, it's a brown water, that's it. You have to presume it's Pepsi and drink it. The food is not hygienic. The seats are sort of, you know, uh, not at all spacious. It, and, and there's just no sort of civic sense in terms of, uh, you know, barging in whenever you want, going out whenever you want, and there's nobody to control it. And sometimes tickets are not even numbered. And I've seen a near stampede for a, uh, for a uh, you know, irrelevant India-England one day international in Chennai. I mean, these things sort of get to you. Sometimes you wonder if you're really, uh, you know, if you're really interested in the right game. A lot of times you feel let down. But at the same time, you know, the, the kind of experience you eventually end up having sort of compensates for it. So purely from getting a fair deal from uh, my, from the guy that, to, to whom my money goes to, I think India is not a fair deal. Uh, very honestly, it's not a fair deal. Sriram, um, you saw your cricket in India, you know, 20 years ago. How was it then? I mean, like Mahesh is saying, I mean, the experience, actually the experience you end up with after you've seen the match tends to cloud all the difficulties you went through. I mean, the stadiums, I mean, a lot of them probably haven't changed too much, if you think about it. I mean, they look the same. I mean, KCA, I mean, I'm sure it's been, that's where I saw a lot of cricket. Uh, Chinnaswamy. I mean, I'm sure they've worked on it over the years, but I mean, like, it's just the way I imagined it then, just the way it is now. But, I mean, like Mahesh is saying, I mean, like, when, you, when you're there as a spectator, there are only a few things you really want. I mean, you want a comfortable seat. You want to be able to get to your seat. And it's basically water and probably toilets. I mean, what else? I mean, I mean, of course, these days, now with the security and, I mean, all your uh, body frisking and, I mean, it, it's gotten a little more cumbersome. I mean, I, that's unavoidable because of the times. But uh, the stadium amenities, yeah, I mean, you can't compare it because watching, I mean, like you, we were all there in England and uh, just watching cricket at Lords or Trent Bridge is extremely stress-free. I mean, getting to it is trivial. Mm-hmm. Access is great, and I mean, getting to your seat is completely. I mean, uh, I mean, it's and the grounds are smaller. I completely get it. I mean, like when you're there in India and when the crowd is, I don't know, sixty, seventy thousand. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, I mean, Trent Bridge was eighteen thousand, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, like a, I mean, it's so intimate, so small. So I mean, it's a non-issue. I mean, pretty soon, I mean, like you think, just don't think about it. I mean, getting to your seat is becomes completely it's so easy so in, in that sense i mean yeah i mean spectators do get a raw deal in india because just 
access to food, water, and washrooms. I mean, if that was there, mm-hmm. the cricket watching experience would be completely different because you, you just wouldn't worry about those things. And uh, you know, these days you have cricket stadiums that are fair bit of distance away from the city center. Say, for example, Nagpur. They have a fantastic stadium, but it's pretty far. You take the D.Y. Patel Stadium. It's, you know, in between Bombay and Pune. And uh, you have Mahali, which is fair bit from Chandigarh. Uh, you know, uh, so... And on top of it, sometimes you don't get a fair deal, as you guys said. So would you blame um, the average Indian spectator that is going to fill up the seats if they don't actually show up uh, because, you know, they have to first stand in security lines, actually first get fight for the tickets, stand in security lines, and then go in not treated fairly for the money that you've put in and the time you're willing to uh, give to Indian cricket. So, you know, you see dwindling of crowds in different places. So would you call it fair? Yeah, I mean, it's completely understandable. The first thing I would say is, I mean, all the test matches I watched in India, I mean, there was no hope of an empty seat. There was no chance, right? I mean, to what, I mean like, over the last 20 years, we've all seen, I mean, like, especially over the last 10 years, maybe, uh, since 2002 or three. I mean, like, the test crowds have been dwindling. So, yes, I mean, going through five days of hardship, I mean, that's quite a bit. So, uh, the, the crowds are the big difference, I see, compared to what, uh, when I watched cricket, I mean, my first match, which I don't remember at all, was uh, the match where Vivian Richards and Greenwich made their debuts. Mm. I mean, of course, I know all about the match in hindsight. <laughs> I read about it and stuff. But all I remembered was there's so many people. That was the thing which I remembered. I mean, that was the only memory I had. I mean, of course, I didn't realize the kind of history I was witnessing. But uh, the crowds were... Pack to the gills, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you look at it now and it's sad. I mean, of course, there are all kinds of reasons, of course. But I mean, why would you put yourself through five days, uh, I mean, like as Mahesh is saying, I mean, uh, of hardship if, if it's that torturous for you, right? Mm-hmm. And I completely understand the headaches of people like in Nagpur. I mean, like if getting to the stadium becomes an issue, I mean, that's, that's, that's really bad. And then we wonder why people are not taking the trouble to go there. I mean, Oval and Lords. Oval was so funny because uh, we just walked out of our hotel and stumbled upon it. I mean, it's right there in the middle of this residential area, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right next to the tube. The access is great. And uh, getting to it in, at all the stadiums in England is very different. I mean, not that we had any trouble getting to KCA. Mm-hmm. KCA, the access was great. There was no issue there. I mean, there was there were. Buses. Actually, to be, to be honest, I mean, the only uh, some of the new stadiums have access issues. If you look at Chennai or Bangalore or uh, Bombay, Bombay is pretty much in the heart of the city. In fact, both the stadiums, Brabon and uh, your Vankade, uh, are very much in the heart of the city. Chennai is pretty much uh, you know in the heart of the city. So I don't think uh, that the distance per se is a problem. I mean, in Hyderabad, Upal was fairly away. I don't think that per se is a problem because, for instance, airports are outside. A lot of infrastructure that's coming up is outside because you just don't have space. Or it's just way too expensive for it to make sense to build a cricket stadium within the city if you're building a new stadium. And the opportunity cost is huge in India right now, which is understandable. But given that you have infrastructure within the city in, the, in a lot of cases, I'm saying the experience after that is not great. I would, But I wouldn't uh, so, sort of claim so far as to say that this is the reason why 
uh, you know, the, the using a Venlain crown uh, in test match crowd because there are a variety of reasons. For instance, uh, with even worse facilities before, we used to witness full houses. So in that sense, the correlation is not even there. If anything, it's, it's the opposite. There is also a line of thinking uh, that the journalists have written about, fans have talked about, um, where uh, you know, test cricket in India should be limited to uh, the traditional test venues such as Bombay, Calcutta, uh, Chennai, Bangalore, etc. And then you can have your ODIs and T20s in the uh, newer venues or the smaller venues uh, that may have inherent disadvantage in terms of you know the number of people there in the city to support the sport. Uh, what are your takes on it? It's, 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 it really is not about the number of people in the city because in the same city, either uh, you get adequate crowd for a one-day and T20 match. It's just the culture. In some cities, you just don't get crowd for test cricket. So, so let's live with it. I'm saying, given that's the limitation, why allow test matches to those stadiums at all? So, so you you are okay with uh, limiting test matches to a smaller, uh, sorry, a smaller number of venues in India? Uh, right now, uh, what we have is we have the rotation rotational system amongst venues. So, you know, you get a test match in Chennai, you won't see another one for at least two years or so. And then you have test matches in, say, uh, Nagpur, you have test matches in Mohali, and then Bombay, etc., etc. So, you're okay with limiting it to, you know, four or five venues and then uh, giving away the uh, limited over games to the smaller venues. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I think I'm perfectly for it, you know. Like, I've been sort of making the case for such a move for a long time. Not that my voice is sort of very important in the world cricket, but for whatever little I could. And and more importantly, more than just organizing matches in test cricket, uh, I mean, where you, in, in stadiums where you get uh, test crowd, uh, more importantly, you also need a fixed calendar. For instance, uh, a guy in Melbourne knows every December 26th they have a match there. But unfortunately, a guy in Chennai or Bangalore or Bombay doesn't know. And given that we are like the richest board and we have so much of bargaining power in international cricket right now, I'm saying that is something that we should take on priority and do it rather than sort of fighting over silly issues, whether we should accept the pitch map or not, whether we should accept, you know. You know, that was going to be uh, my, you know, that was on the uh, docket. I was going to ask you about that, that, uh, you know, you have a Boxing Day test in MCG, Johannesburg, uh, Lords gets a couple of matches every year. So people know for a fact and they can plan their year around the test matches. Uh, you know, you used to have the Pongal test in Chennai. It's a tradition, but not anymore because yeah. I don't know when was the last time you had a Pongal test in Chennai, probably like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, combining those two things, uh, Sriram, what are your take on it? Oh, context is everything, you know, and uh, the schedule of cricket these days, I mean, in most places, I mean, India especially, I mean, like, it looks like it was done by somebody on crack. Because, <laughs> you have, I mean, it's so, I mean, it's impossible to predict. First off, I mean, uh, all of us used to look forward to the Pongal test. I mean, it had to be in Chennai. Where else? And these days, all of us know what's going to happen at Lords, what's going to happen in South Africa, and, of course, in Australia. Uh, I mean, everybody in India knows uh, the schedule of these matches, but it's impossible for us to predict uh, when you're going to be able to see a match in Chennai or Bangalore or wherever. So I completely agree that this rotation all around the country, I mean, it just causes, I mean, it's unsettling. And let's face it, I mean, there are some uh, venues which are drawing in the crowds. We have to stick to a smaller pool of grounds. Okay, rotate it a bit between them. I mean, in England, for example, this time Old Trafford is not going to get a test. 
fine. I mean, okay, at least, but four of them are fixed. Four out of six, you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing in Australia. I mean, we should, if we could stick to that, and then, of course, some semblance of sanity in the uh, scheduling, you could plan. You could plan and build up anticipation. I mean, that's that's what used to make it so special. I mean, you would literally wait, live for this. And the match was coming. You knew the date. You knew who you were playing. And you, what, you take that out of the way. I mean, it becomes a little unsettling. But I mean, you have, the counterpoint is that, you know, aren't you killing off the uh, test cricket culture that could be burgeoning in a, say, s- smaller city well, smaller and compared to the bigger ones, uh, uh, like Ahmedabad, you know, they have an excellent facility in Matera. Um, you know, when we, the crowd, usually you get a pretty good, uh, decent-sized crowd in Ahmedabad. But if you don't give, if you restrict yourself to the four major metropolitan city and then add, say, Bangalore, uh, Hyderabad, uh, there, and then uh, isn't Ahmedabad fans, the fans of Test cricket in that city, aren't they getting a raw deal? I mean, you can make that case for every ground, actually. I mean, you look at Nagpur. I mean, you can make that case for any ground. Like, how many chances would you give? And not that test cricket is in the pink of health. No, we are talking about winning crowds for test cricket. So, we have to sort of take care of test cricket first before we could give equal opportunities for fans in every sort of city to show their love for the game and stuff. We could rotate, you know. I mean, we could rotate, but, I mean, you don't have to rotate. I mean, have three or four kind of fixed ones. I mean, like... Uh, you, you do see tests in Tasmania, I'm mean, at Hobart once in a while. Uh, so uh, a little bit of rotation. I mean, like, it's not like you want to shaft every other venue in the country and the five big cities or whatever. I have to be the chosen ones forever. So, I mean, given the amount of cricket we play, I mean, some little bit of balance could be maintained. I mean, I mean, of course, then you have the ODIs and T20s, of course. So... I mean, but you have to worry about the game, though. See, like the other additional problem is uh, the FTP. You know, so the countries have to honor it. They have to travel. Say, for example, Australia can only play during their summer, which starts November, December, and England can play only in their summer, which is from June to uh, September. So, if India were to go play in these, for example, if you were to play in Australia that year, you certainly you don't, not going to get a Pungal test, you know? So... Which is the whole point of uh, sort of using the power to, you know, the power that we have in the world cricket right now. I think we should utilize that uh, to get things working our way. I mean, it's not impossible. I'm sure there must be a way to schedule matches in all three countries uh, in such a way that they don't sort of clash with each other. I'm sure it is possible. I mean, how was Pungal test possible before? It's not like the boxing day test didn't exist there. Well, earlier on, you had lesser number of teams playing as well as um, you didn't have as much of a crowded calendar. Now, we, with uh, you know ODI World Cup, T20 World Cup, uh, IPL, Champions League, uh, so basically you have cricketers playing round the year. Well, fair enough, but why is it that, uh, why, why is it that uh, they are not making the sacrifice? I mean, the reasons are the same for them as well, right? Why is it that Melbourne has not lost its uh, boxing day test, despite a crowded calendar, despite a lot more teams starting to play, whereas Chennai has lost its Pungal test? I mean, there must be a reason. There must be a, I mean, it's not just a random event, right? Some people have their priorities right and some people don't. I mean, I mean that sort of explains why it is the way it is. The, the amount of cricket is an issue, though. I mean, it does, I mean, it does make it really hard. So, I mean, 
even though I mean I get Mahesh's point about like uh, how Melbourne, for example, uh, hasn't lost its Boxing Day test. I mean, trying to given the amount of cricket that's going on, I have no idea what's going on over the next two months. Given so, given the amount of cricket that goes on, I'm sure it's harder now. But we have to get uh, our planning in order. Make sure that we figure out where we're going to play it and like try to maintain some semblance of order in it and then work it out. So I think it's possible. It, it is harder compared to then. I mean, I agree with Mahesh that even with the Crowder calendar, all that, Melbourne still gets its games, um, Johannesburg gets its games, and uh, I certainly hope BCCI, you know, flex their muscles and get the important games, a fixed calendar rather, uh, around no, the year. No, flex their muscles is actually sort of a negative term in this No, context. it's not. I'm, I'm sorry. Get up I'm saying let's flex our muscles to get a fair deal for us. We're not even asking for too much. You know, in other cases, we have flexed our muscles to get, uh, you know, things that are probably not fair. But then in this case, it's a perfectly fair deal. If anything, it's better for cricket overall as well. It's not just for Indian cricket. I mean, it's mm-hmm. important for test cricket that Indian, Indian test cricket survives or, you know, thrives. Fair point. Very fair point. You know, you've watched it for uh, 10 years. Sri Ram, you've watched it forever. What are some of the... Uh, key moments that you have been witness to at the ground? My first match, I mean, it tends to take on such a massive uh, sort of aura in my mind that, I mean, even though I don't remember too much of it, I mean, it, obviously, when you go see the debut of Vivian Richards, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, who ended up completely taking over my life. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, I literally lost brain cells to him. So, uh, that was probably, I mean, that thing stands out because of that. I mean, after that, I mean, like, strangely, again, another favorite player of mine, Malcolm Marshall, again, uh, saw his debut. So, uh, some of those West Indies matches, then Imran Khan's Pakistan, I mean, these were, like, superb experiences. I mean, like, you just can't forget them. So, I mean, but most of my memories of watching cricket in India or from the test matches. I mean, I've seen ODIs, but I mean, nothing like what Mahesh, I know, has seen some really good matches in, in recent times. So, but I missed out a lot because of there wouldn't be ODIs in Bangalore or wherever when I was visiting. Or So for the last 20 years, I mean, it was pretty haphazard. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, the test matches, and uh, honestly, I mean, uh, even... Uh, domestic matches that I saw, it, it was pretty common to go there on a weekend and have forty to 50,000 people for a Ranji Trophy match. Mm-hmm. This was even in the 80s, but unthinkable these days. I mean, completely, I mean, you wouldn't even dream of it now. And some memorable matches even there. So, but ODIs, I haven't seen too many uh, because I just left just around the time they were exploding. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even though I've seen lots of ODIs, I mean, for example, the Sahara Cup, I saw every match for four years Mm -hmm. here. Uh, But uh, I I, I have missed out. I mean, I've seen them all on TV, but I mean, I have missed out watching ODIs uh, for the last 20 years. And uh, you, Mahesh? I mean, it's, it's very tough for me to choose because I've seen quite a few Sachin specials. The first uh, match that I saw was Sachin 100 and the third test of uh, the Epic uh, India Australia Series 2001. Mm-hmm. 
and I've seen a, a wonderful Kumble spell in 2004, I guess, where Sevag scored 100, 155 against Australia. Mm. The last day was rained off. It was a great test again. And uh, but I think if I have to choose like uh, one match, it is probably uh, one of the most boring matches uh, that has happened at Chennai, which is India South Africa, where I think we play for five days without both the being completed or something. Mm-hmm. I can do two innings to complete. So Sevag scored a triple hundred in that on a flat wicket. But, I mean, it is such a breathtaking display of batting. I have not seen anything like that before in my life. Like, in India, typically, the atmosphere is so good that every boundary is here. People stand up and, you know, cheer. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to sit. I, I never sat down because every ball you're sitting for boundaries. There was one particular ball when, where Makayanatini comes from around the wicket. This guy, like, plays his left leg and hits it through covers. He just hits it and turns back, you know, with this day to, uh, towards the pavilion. After. There is a last ball before T. I will never forget that image in my life. I've seen, I mean, I've seen Sachin's uh, 100 in the fourth innings against Shingwen after the Bombay uh, attack as well. That is quite special. But I think watching Seva uh, in full flow was was a different experience altogether. And, and there's probably one more that I'll, uh, I'll talk about, which is the Irani Trophy, which happened some, sometimes towards the early 2000, I guess, mm-hmm. after the India-Australia series. So, uh, Bombay was the rest of India, Sachin was batting, and uh, Ganguly was the captain of the other end, Harbhajan Singh, uh, Lakshman, Robert, Zahir Khan, Balaji, I mean, all Indian stars played for the rest of India. So it was very special watching Ganguly captaining the team and Harbhajan bowling to Sachin. And Ganguly was trying all sorts of things, you know, he plays a fine leg fielder, Sachin sort of slogs swept him over uh, mid-wicket, Harbhajan that is. Then he sort of put a deep mid-wicket back and pulled in a fine leg, he sort of, you know, paddle swept him. And then he, you know, put both of them back, he sort of moved inside out and played a cover drive. Ganguly was clueless, I mean, it was wonderful to watch. All Indian stars together, you know, pitted against each other. That was a very special experience. Um, so, fair to say, all the test matches that you've seen, you've seen big hundreds from Indian players, but somehow your trip to uh, England, uh, you came back empty-handed. Don't talk about it, man. I mean, I don't mind coming back empty-handed, but to watch Cook bat for 13 hours was, was like watching paint dry, or probably worse than that. Like, really, I mean, it's, if there is, I mean, people talk about, uh, you know, other reasons for uh, building crowds for test cricket. I mean, I'm being very harsh here, but personally, I think that was real torture sitting through that. I mean, if I was an English fan, I would have loved to see that, but I'm sorry. As a, as a as someone with no stake in his batting, it was a pain. Sriram, any uh, redeeming uh, aspects from the uh, this India-England series as a fan that uh, made the trip from Canada to UK? I mean, just the cricket watching experience, and we talked about it. I mean, it was just gorgeous. I mean, like as much as it was inexplicable what was going on out on the field. I mean, it was fantastic just to be there. Having said that, I mean, uh, it, it was such a one-sided affair that I mean, it's so hard to even get excited about actual cricketing events. And if I had to pick one, I would probably go with the Bell's knock. I mean, his not the one uh, the oval. The one but in Trentbridge, uh, second Trent innings. Yeah. It was just gorgeous to watch. I mean, he's such a pleasure to watch uh, when he's in full flow like that. So that was probably the aesthetically the most pleasing part of the two tests. But when there's no contest, I mean, it's so surreal. I mean, he's just sitting there kind of in a dopey state, mm-hmm. uh, waiting for uh, the Indian team to wake up. And, I mean, it was like a horror tour. I mean, as we've all seen. So, I mean, I'd probably pick Bell's uh, batting. And, of course, I mean, we have to hand it to the England bowlers. And 
uh, on pitches which are had some life in them just to be able to watch them relentlessly keep at the Engl- indian batsmen i mean it was i mean good on them yeah i mean the fact that yeah, they batted miserably what, watching anderson was a beautiful experience i mean the way he was setting them up every ball was a test it is wonderful to watch anderson sort of bowl i mean even though i am an english i mean sort of indian fan when they expecting to see english lose but i really love the uh, i mean love watching anderson bowl and set up batsmen and get wickets i agree i mean he, he was fantastic i mean he's, i mean he's a pleasure to watch when he's bowling like that so excellent um so we won't go further and you know demoralize ourselves more so uh, on that note uh, gentlemen thank you so much for uh, coming on uh, couch talk it was a pleasure having you both oh thanks for thanks having so us thank you lot thanks a lot thank you Couch Talk